Welcome to a breakthrough in wellness. LifeWave X39 Patches, our proud sponsor today. Imagine tapping into ancient healing through modern technology. The X39 uses light photon therapy, which is a practice that actually dates back 2,000 years to energize your body's naturally natural flow and to produce stem cells. It's not just wellness, it's science actually enhancing your life. These patches empower your own body to produce its own stem cells, which revitalize you from within. Feel the surge of youth and wellness almost immediately. And with your LifeWave X39, your satisfaction is guaranteed. 100% money back, no risks, just pure wellness. So if you sign up as a preferred customer plus, today you'll get get it for $19.95 a month. You'll receive wholesale prices, subscription savings, loyalty rewards, sample products of all the different patches, and your own referral link. So this Christmas, you guys, everybody was sick around me. We were in Portland at my family's, and literally everybody got sick. I had the patches on, and I stayed completely healthy. And it was all thanks to X39. And then when I found out that I could put the patches on children, I put one on seven because she was also really sick. And she had had a fever, but I put the patch on, and she was back to normal, no fever, in just two hours. And me, I'm feeling like I'm 21 years old again. I have so much energy, it's crazy. So if you're ready to join as a provider, you're going to go and you're going to click join and then just select your package. And then you won't, don't forget to add the preferred plus program for all the exclusive benefits I just told you about before for $19.99. And this will be available for the next month. Okay, so you want to visit www.lifewave.com, L-I-F-E-W-A-V-E.com backslash psychic babes, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C, B-A-B-E-S to start your journey to renewed energy and wellness. LifeWave X39, energize your life, guys. You won't regret it. Hi, guys. Welcome to Psychic Babes. Today, I have an amazing guest. I'm super excited to have her here. Um, Laura Eisenhower, I want to welcome to the show. She's the great-granddaughter of Dwight D. Eisenhower, as well as a global alchemist, researcher, and medical intuitive astrologer. She's globally recognized speaker and her work is internationally praised. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Um, I resonate so much with your words of wisdom when you speak about humanity and non-dualism. I mean, I do realize the cabal exists, but I believe humanity needs to kind of rise above duality. And um, you, you preach this all the time that we're not victims, that we really just need to um you know, learn from our experiences, but not, you know, not let them define us. And I love how, you know, how you um, convey this. Um, so you're truly a sister in, um, you know, helping humanity um, ascend and evolve. And I think right now is the most interesting time for us because we're coming off this epidemic and um, really just people are starting to ask the right questions and people are are starting to wake up slowly, but surely. And um, first, okay, if you can talk about kind of how did you first get involved in your journey? I'm sure it was every day, you know, normal to talk about these things at your home, but how did you, what was your first memory of really um, the metaphysical aspect of it? I was pretty young. Uh, Lots of communication was coming through just from my higher self. I, I, I was just really kind of a journeyer. In, in consciousness, I would just really get quite out there um, in the things that I was processing. Eisenhower 
the spirit of him was very close to me uh, starting in childhood. And I was getting a lot of like downloads about the greater work that I'd be doing um, in relation to this particular window period called Mm -hmm. a stellar activation cycle. And um, part of the preparation was, you know, understanding timelines, understanding what our options are and sort of like this massive deprogramming that has needed to take place for us to stand in true empowerment and authenticity. Um, And so I was like kind of all over the place uh, trying to connect dots and, you know, kind of figure it all out. Um, And so I didn't really pay attention in school and I was very much just self-educated with uh, Mm -hmm. the I Ching and astrology and Tarot. And I just started to delve into galactic history, exopolitics and all these different subjects over the course of time. Um, But the exopolitical part really started to happen you know, later in life, um, I, I talked about this before in interviews, uh, how I got recruited to go off planet in 2006, but just to answer your question, the earliest memories were really just like, you know, childhood. And I always tried to share, and I know we were talking a little bit before we went live about just the wild things that can come out of children's mouths, but I wasn't really taken very seriously when I tried to share some of the things, you know, coming through and yeah, it's just everything surrounding this, you know, great awakening and, when we talk about like human potential, it's all there, but we have to deprogram. We have to understand that most of the trouble that we get caught in is the psychological operations and the manipulation that comes through media and television. And so I would say that I was always sort of aware of that and how that was shaping people's personalities and, and um, just wanting to cut through all that and live on a much deeper level and feeling somewhat, um, I don't know, not, not like I, I could, you know, really you know, resonate with any of it, unless I was off in the wilderness or going to summer camp or uh, in environments where I could hang out with people that were being a little bit more um, true to who they are versus what I noticed in the school systems with, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so I would say those were some of the moments that I found myself in my center um, and just really connecting with mother earth and nature and a, a, a bunch of new downloads kind of came in in regards to the planetary body and stargates and our DNA. And so I've just been processing a lot, I guess. Um, and it's been a full on all my life kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, sanity has been found in nature um, amidst, you know, really just processing a lot of this larger picture stuff and how humanity is being impacted. Um, what, are your thoughts course- on, what are your thoughts on AI and the dangers um, therein? Yeah. So artificial intelligence is really only able to infiltrate a person that's in a low sort of state of consciousness, um, fear, anxiety, hatred, toxicity, you know, the whole idea of psychological operations is to create that conquer and divide or to put us in fear, um, or to alarm us, um, with, you know, difficult news. I mean, they were even talking about uh, recently the exposure of some of these three-letter organizations and how they set up these operations to create news, but they're all sort of like, yeah, it's it's within, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very engineered mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. And and it's to, to come and save the day, to create the problem and then, you know, come and save the day. So the AI infection has a lot to do with how we respond to the stimuli and the data and the um, information that we're being constantly fed also through the entertainment industry. So if they can like get us down to a low enough frequency, it's very easy for AI signals to begin to penetrate our beings. Um, it, it keeps us very dependent on the medical industry and the political systems and 
basically we, we, we become so merged with the matrix. We can't really find our sovereignty. We've been taught to fear um, our physical symptoms instead of like really deeply heal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the AI um, is sort of a part of that artificial intelligence that everything is so externalized to the point where we lose connection with our own intuition, our own wisdom, our own capacity to transform, rise above, heal, and step into a higher earth experience. And ultimately, we can only really win the war within. It's a war on consciousness. And if we're hooked in on any level um, and externalizing our our physical uh, human experience, um, we're not operating from divine intelligence we're totally a part of that AI. And it comes with a lot of infections um, and a lot of uh, things that, you know, begin to modify the human vessel and, and really, you know, separates us from the soul matrix, making it very, very difficult to ascend to the next level. And we need to go through these sort of dark night of the soul experiences and have these organic um, processes within our own being in order to advance. And so artificial intelligence is like, no, 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 we're going to do it for you. We're going to tell you how to think. It's very much connected to the mind control. So, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Well, kind of to switch subjects um, on you now, um, your story is very unique. And I know my listeners um, want to understand all the details of kind of your great grandfather's presidency and what happened with the Grays, Valiant Thor, MJ-12 and all that. So um, I want to be very clear to ask you, like, if you can kind of explain to somebody who doesn't readily know everything from start to finish and kind of start to talk about what happened in his presidency, who did he first meet with, the Greys, like what treaties were signed, and kind of just lay out the story for us. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a lot to put into just a, a short little summary, but the government and ET treaties and interactions were noted all the way back in 1926. Phil Schneider talked about it, um, lots of different researchers um, and experiencers, and contactees have talked about way, way earlier, um, relations. Mm -hmm. And we've always been dealing with, you know, ETs. We have ET genetics and this goes back to Anunnaki and also the, the final cataclysm of Atlantis is when it all started to really go underground and we lost kind of connection, um, with our galactic origins and these kind of memories, but relations were still going on with the elitists, the cabal or whatever, and their alien or ET, uh, they're overlords, but we've always had like a benevolent presence as well. Um, so at a certain stage in the game, treaties were created uh, and it took place in Roosevelt administration um, between Aleister Crowley, uh, Adolf Hitler and Winston Churchill. That was the initial gray alien agreement. And Lisa Renee talks about it on energeticsynthesis.com. She's a really, really incredible resource. And I really (laughs) resonate so much with her. And this is the kind of information you don't hear every day. Because if somebody's going to Google about ET government treaties, they're going to run into Eisenhower uh, Mm -hmm. and and, and that story. And um, so I've learned a lot just in my research of when it originated. And of course, the Nordics um, have a certain position as well uh, during the Second World War. But anyway, the first contact was with the Nordics and this is the Galactic Federation of Worlds and their desire to, you know, assist humanity um, needed to be aided later by other um, groups that seem to come from the future. And Elena Dannon, who's a contactee, um, talked about this. She was abducted by the Greys as a child and she was rescued by the Palladians um, and she's been in contact with somebody named Thorhan ever since. And she ended up meeting Balthor. And she kind of explained that uh, Balthor said that um, the, the 
positive benevolent Nordics had warned Eisenhower and the administration about the impending grades that were coming and to not sign any deals with them and that Eisenhower did not want to sign deals. He wanted to stay aligned with the benevolent um, ETs and continued to work with them, but sort of more behind the scenes. He wasn't able to create a public disclosure, but he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And basically uh, when the grades showed up, MJ-12 ended up signing the treaties behind Eisenhower's back, but laid the blame on him. And she's confirmed this. Uh, that up. Yeah. That he was set up and that he was absolutely not in favor of it. So later on, they sent Val Thor from Venus and uh, the crew uh, on Victor One with the beings from Venus to assist the Eisenhower administration. Um, and yeah, he was very angry about that treaty. He tried to invade Area 51. Uh, they kept him from the information that uh, he, he needed. So he ended up setting something up with... Uh, the Navy, the military, positive military, and as part of the plan um, related to the, the White Hats and something uh, of these greater operations going on behind the scenes to take down the deep state and cabal. So I know that sounds kind of complicated, but basically um, <clears throat> you got your service to self beings and you got your service to other beings. They've been you know, looking to assist us. They've been coming up, up with all sorts of strategies to get our attention and Eisenhower warned us in his final speech that it was going to take a knowledgeable um, citizenry in order to overcome these obstacles and that there was nothing that the governments could really do because in 1947, the levels above the president um, of, of you know deep state sort of power, shadow government kind of power, made it impossible for a sitting president to really do a whole lot about the situation. And he totally lost control, um, infiltration of secret space programs. Um, he tried to set things up, to, you know, in our defense, but a lot of infiltration took place. And so, yeah, it's, he was just really, uh, along with other well-intentioned leaders, trying to work with the more benevolent extraterrestrials uh, in our, you know, greater awakening. But yeah, when uh, Val Thor came along, um, the assistance that he gave wasn't really able to go very far. So they've been assisting in a kind of a different way, um, much more behind the scenes. Because uh, they shut down um, our ability to have this level of disclosure. Mm -hmm. And the kind of disclosure that we're seeing is much more manipulated. And people are very concerned about like fake alien invasions and sort of the type of disclosure that supports a negative ET agenda, but keeps us in the dark about really what's going on. So we want full disclosure, which would give us a greater picture about the positive forces at work and what our own awakening process is all about and how much if we can unplug from this mind control and social engineering, you know, how, how supported we are and how much we can actually save ourselves with the assistance of these higher beings that have a genetic connection with who we are as, as multidimensional beings. Which I think that's already happening right now. I mean, true disclosure is happening on these alternative media sites, like in podcasts like this and, you know, through yourself. Um, and the evidence is all there if people are just willing to see it. Um, and then everything that's going to be released has been, you know, it's, it's just, it's going to be muddled down, watered down version, or, you know, worst case scenario, like you said, um, this negative ET agenda that, um, hopefully, I mean, people have already heard about this. So hopefully that will be, you know, if they try that, it won't, it won't resonate with many people, but, you know, I, I really think it's, that's why this is so important, the work that you're doing, um, to educate people on this kind of thing, because, um, even, you know, in your great grandfather's presidency, I firmly believe that he was set up um, 
to as like the fall guy for all of the <laughs> all of the things that they want to say went wrong when really I in my heart it resonates with me that he was trying to do everything he could to help us and help get disclosure out there too. So when was um, MJ12? That's my question. When were they brought into the mix and how were they formed? Well, not everybody agrees with when it all began. Um, some say Truman set it up. I mean, I, I think those that were a part of MJ12 shifted, the members shifted uh, in Eisenhower's administration because we're dealing with, after the Second World War, Project Paperclip, Project Mockingbird, and all these different things coming in where um, they were trying to negotiate with the Nazis behind the scenes. We didn't really win the war. We have a lot of false history. We don't get like the real scoop of what's you know really happening. And when Project Paperclip happened and the Nazi scientists and um, doctors, you know, came, came over and their names were whitewashed. Um, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're dealing with, uh, not knowing who's who, 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 who's the enemy, you know, um, and those people were put in such high positions of power at NASA and whatnot, you know, that, uh, it's really just kind of, yeah, very. Right. Right. And so there was major infiltration. Um, there, there was no record of their connection to being, uh, former Nazis. And so all of a sudden we have Nazis infiltrating our governments, um, being put in these, you know, positions, MK ultra and all these, uh, mind control projects ended up coming into the United States and has basically infiltrated the whole world. Um, and it's just sort of like spread, uh, to different, you know, places as we see, um, people like Fiona Barnett talking about her experience in Australia with, um, you know, the, the, these pedophile rings and these, really, really negative groups. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the world. You know, we hear about it in Canada, the, you know, England, I mean, it's, it's a worldwide ep- like thing. So uh, MJ 12 seems to have mixed in with some of this, and this is part of the carryover of the treaties um, that have to do with exchange of, you know, technologies. Um, if, if we, you know, give up our people and allow abductions and, and then of course there's, much, much deeper and darker layers to this connected to, you know, children and child trafficking. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, you know, kind of so multi-layered and it seems MJ 12, you know, had their hands on, you know, alien technology and, and were a part of, um, you know, these deals. And uh, so I'd say between Truman and Eisenhower administration, MJ 12 had, you know, begun in Truman's time changed in Eisenhower's administration um, because of this kind of infiltration in these sort of projects. Um, and the compartmentalism, you know, be, be began to become a, a very, you know, difficult thing and not knowing really who's who and who to trust. And that's what Eisenhower began to learn is that these people that were acting like his allies are acting like they were in support of what he wanted to see for the human race. Um, they actually weren't at all. And um, you could see and just really feel the intensity in his speech uh, and his warning about the military industrial complex. Um, So, yeah, uh, I would say, um, yeah, MJ-12 are the ones that are mainly dealing with the ET technology and the uh, agreements and how that relates to secret space programs and um, what we see on a ground level with the elitists, but also how that relates to off planet things and um, the slave trade and the bartering of, you know. And do human- you resonate with what Corey Good talks about with the 20 and back and the my labs? And um, you think that's very much a part of their um, 
it's all part of the greater secret space program stuff and what um, a lot of these billionaires and banksters and what one would call the cabal um, is associated with. So they'll, you know, take in a kid at like the age of six. It might be because they're related somehow. There might be a military connection in their family. Um, they might be Illuminati. A lot of them just sell their kids into it or give their kids. And sometimes a person is just spotted or recruited based in passing some sort of test or getting some sort of like score showing that they have advanced abilities that they think they could use um, for their projects. Um, and I've just met enough people that have had the 20 and back experiences to really feel that is absolutely true. They're telling very, very similar stories, many different types of projects too, um, like Project Pegasus, which involved age regression. And that was with Andrew Bishago. Then you got Tony Rodriguez, who had a 20 and back, and that was Goliath. Um, And then Corey Good, which is more related to Solar Warden and, and a lot of other things, you know, being a intuitive empath. Um, and then this other woman, Rebecca Barfoot, I just interviewed, and she's reclaiming a lot of memories. And she had a 20 and back. And some of them have more than one 20 and back. Yeah. And so very often it does start in childhood. And like Tony Rodriguez's story, he was not just involved in um, being trafficked as a child and, and exposed to these billionaire parties where he was totally abused he was also being sent into these 20 and back programs and so there's a link between uh you know these these power groups um and this kind of one percent with these secret space programs and how they barter and use and enslave you know humans for their own purposes and means um through you know these really advanced technologies that um and also trauma-based mind control that creates alters so that they have different personas, you know, doing these missions and operations that, you know, you switch into a different personality, you're not going to have any recollection of. And it's amazing that some of them have been able to really recall so much of their memory. And so I've interviewed a lot of them and Kathy O'Brien as well, that was uh, sold into all this um, pedophile ring as a child, went through the MK Ultra stuff. And um, so, yeah, there's no way I can doubt it. I wasn't in projects like that. When I was recruited, it was more to be a permanent colonist, and it's a whole kind of different thing. But I wasn't um, in a MyLab program uh, or a secret space kind of thing uh, or 20 and back. From what I can recall with the hypnoregression and healing work that I've done, nothing like that has come up. And I've done a ton of soul work. I do feel, though, I have um, experienced things off planet, mm -hmm. um, but not through... Uh, a my lab program not uh, what, what i can recall yeah. yeah so what is your first um experience with ats that you can recall or that you've been able to recall um, yeah and i know i was kind of stumbling around with that first question of like when did this all really <laughs> begin for you i'm kind of like okay all over the place with that one but yeah there was definitely a visitation um and some sort of preparation when i was young and i b believe i mean i it's really hard to name what mm -hmm kind of beings they were they didn't directly tell me but when I look at pictures they kind of looked Arcturian they're very luminous um very very loving very high energy and they were showing me things through like a viewfinder of like timelines and um sort of like the difference between artificial timelines and the true organic ascension timeline and that's why in a lot of my presentations I refer to a lot of this stuff um and I've done a lot of research to connect dots of things that were coming in back then mm -hmm. um of what that all means. And that's why I started to really pay attention to programmings and, you know, how our creative energies are being infected uh, 
to harvest and siphon people's life force to generate and create these artificial timelines and how we end up kind of looping in this time loop um, on, on these sort of like timelines we don't really need to be on at all. So I was getting a lot of counsel about that from this, you know, higher group. I don't have any memories of grays or reptilians, but they did put a lot of plants on my path. And I dealt with a lot of people that were dealing with like entity attachments and some level of possession and some folks um, mm. that had altars uh, and that were sent specifically to trip me up. And that was disclosed later on when I got out of the Mars recruitment. Um, one of the defectors of the project or program connected to going off planet to Mars um, revealed a lot of this kind of stuff to me that they had like a list of um, they had different people that they would plant um, that, that they were able to control that had altars <clears throat> that would show up in my life. Um, the person that was uh, part of the recruitment was actually a partner of mine that had been my lab and they uh, used looking glass technologies and located us in a past life and knew that we already had an affinity for each other, but they ended up um, compromising him to the point where they used him as bait and they sent him to find me. Um, but I thought we met in the organic sort of way and we just sure. started dating. Um, and so there was a lot of kind of ET stuff that he was dealing with. Um, and I think it was more the my lab sort of military sort of artificial kind of um, kind of false abductions. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he was getting like false transmissions. And I later discovered uh, more about artificial telepathy and how they can use artificial telepathy to mimic what might feel like um, a legit ET experience. So I've, I've experienced a lot through other people mm -hmm. and only had a few kind of visceral um, contact experiences, but mostly in childhood. But every once in a while, I have like a really profound dream. Um, but a lot of it has to do with like more Mother Gaia and sort of uh, things that involve like more animals. Like I'll have like incredible dreams, like with the symbolism of like a whale, like opening portals, you know, and, and the cetaceans are connected to ET races. They're like the higher guardian um, groups that um, took the form of dolphins and whales. So I would say my interaction with dolphin and whales is how I interact with ETs on an earth level because they're very much... Uh, they're very much um, high vibrational, higher benevolent. Um, it's it's hard to label it like extraterrestrial. Yeah, I, we don't we don't need labels. Like I, I'm not so concerned with that either. I just <clears throat> to kind of explain to people what your ex I wanted to you to explain to people what your experiences were with the ETs. I've I worked with the Arcturians um, for a while as well, and I whenever I'd ask them who who are you, it was. I, I never got really like a straight answer. Like it doesn't, you know, we could, we come from this place, but um, you know, it, it, to put a name on it isn't, you know, isn't really, that's a third dimensional thing that you guys do. <laughs> kind of, it was kind of what I was told. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and that we need to get out of that mindset. But I mean, amazing, uh, our trans that amazing, loving, very uh, just without speaking, they're very, they're very rigid in their teachings, but very loving. Uh, beings. Um, now, how are how are you kind of continuing um, your legacy um, or your grandfather's great grandfather's legacy on in your work? And what are you kind of doing? What do you have coming up um, for people? Well, I've been pretty much banned everywhere. So if anybody wants to sort <laughs> of find me, I'm on a new platform and I have a weekly show and I'm going to be putting a lot of content there. It's called Conscious Vitality. You can mm -hmm. find it on CosmicGaia.org. And I'm just working on a uh, you know, getting some lands and creating healing centers, working just close with the earth and um, just really looking for the benevolent um, 
healing modalities and uh, tools that can be useful in these times to mitigate some of the damages of what we're dealing with. Um, you know, there's a lot to recover from uh, trauma and a, a lot of these dark weapons. Um, so anything I can do to help sort of mitigate some of that, some of those damages really to help us to just upgrade and be the fullness of all that we are. And um, yeah, I just feel uh, I'll, I'll just continue, you know, doing online presentations. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of online presentations I'm involved with right now, uh, like contact in the deserts coming up. Yep. And I do, you know, like 90 minute presentations and I just get in depth about what our junk DNA truly is, how it connects to higher harmonic universes and hieroscamos, sacred union, alchemical marriage, and just the reintegration of polarity and how to really get our energetic circulation flowing again so that we can really, really alchemize and transmute the toxicity and deprogram from all the things that have, you know, impacted us and infected us over the course of time so that we can be in our optimal wellness because we'd be very, very healthy individuals if we had direct connect with our divine wisdom. It's the mind control that has knocked us off our center so much to the point where we're a very sick society, not, you know, and, and people are in absolute fear of, of, of death and, and disease. Um, and the natural flow of energy with our higher spiritual selves is like so beyond that. So, I mean, my mission and what I'm really just here to help do is, is remind us of this and our innate um, abilities and, and what the fullness of our DNA looks like and what, what, and how to upgrade, you know, how to kind of simplify it to a way that, you know, we can understand also how it corresponds with the planetary grid network and uh, the multidimensional cosmos. Um, so I just keep doing what I'm doing and I'm open to just, you know, projects and things that come along and whatever synchronicities come along. But right now my big focus is this new show and, um, just really just bringing out, you know, the good news, the, the things that are just going to help us needed right cope now. with a lot of the stress. Cause no matter how awakened a person is, I mean, there's no way to avoid just having, I mean, it's, th this is really hard times to process what we're witnessing in the world today. Um, so I really look to build community, um, and lend support, you know, a lot of people feel isolated, don't know what to think or what to do. So I also like to do like zoom calls and get everybody on and answer questions and, um, help connect people to one another. Um, and I just think building community is so important. So that's my big focus is just the unity consciousness piece and helping people to find their sovereignty. Um, cause we can't really come together in unity if we're not really being authentic with ourselves or else we're just in a group mind and, or we're like pit against each other and we're not taking the higher road and we're not appreciating what it's going to take to rehabilitate and heal. And um, we have to build bonds of trust. We have to, um, it, it exists on a high level of integrity to really be able to function and help each other to heal from the traumas of the past, uh, and hold ourselves accountable to be the best people that we can be so that we can be a healthy uh, humanity and be an example to ripple out to the rest of the collective. So those are my projects and my goals. What's the first step um, that someone should take if they're just absolutely feeling lost? Like, where do you, what do you recommend that they, they do to try to reconnect um, with their, you know, their soul purpose and um, with the oneness of nature? Like what, what's your process? Well, the willingness to want to get to know the self, you know, it's, it's a bit of an ego death when a person has like an identity crisis or they feel lost. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a great opportunity to just kind of surrender and let go. Um, are you identifying too much with, uh, a label 
um, a group, a person in your past, somebody in your present time? Are you not being treated in a way you feel you deserve? What sort of changes does a person need to make in order to create a healthier environment to thrive? One has to look at all that. Um, you know, what kind of job do they have? Are they compromising themselves for the sake of a, a paycheck? Um, are they being asked to do something against their intuition for the sake of keeping a job? Um, yeah, and don't be afraid to reach out for help, but sometimes we have to be very careful about the kind of help we reach out for and discernment's incredibly important. So I, I mean, those are my goals is to help people with the very question that you're asking. I think astrology is a great tool. I do medical astrology and kind of soul-centered astrology. And uh, I can just kind of breathe um, life into what's become unconscious so that, you know, we can um, function with, you know, greater awareness and mindfulness in our every moment. So to me, it's a moment to moment thing. You know, what are we putting in our body? Um, what kind of things are we ingesting as far as the kind of news or information we listen to? Um, are we escaping through movies or television? Um, we just, you know, really have to um, create an optimal environment for our soul essence to shine through. Um, we, we shouldn't be afraid of, you know, sadness, grief, anger, and let it be released, you know, be as real with you can, as you can with yourself about it. Um, so yeah, meditation, being in nature, nature has always been key for me. Um, because if I let go and surrender, there's something there to like, you know, catch me. I'm not just sitting there like in a ball in my bed, you know, in like a fetal position, I'm breathing, you know, in the beauty uh, of nature, sitting, you know, with a tree or a bunch of flowers or um, just even just hanging out with my cat. I mean, just really being in nature, putting my feet in the water um, and maybe just going on a beautiful drive. Music, you know, sound healing music, um, things to really help move energy, because a lot of times when we feel lost, we we feel stuck or there's energy blocks. Because when things are flowing, we're, we're able to release what doesn't serve us and we don't have to give it much thought. But when there's stagnation, things begin to accumulate and build up. And it's similar to what happens in our kitchens. If we don't clean up after a meal, we got a lot of dishes. And if days go by and we don't do the dishes, we're not going to be able to cook a meal because we're piled up with dishes and there's flies and there's mice and ants and because we, we haven't kept... Uh, cleanliness, right? So it's no different on a mental, physical, I mean, emotional level. Um, if we don't tend to the things that are accumulating, um, it can build up and become toxic to the point where it overwhelms us and makes us feel really, really heavy. Um, it might cause people to want to escape. You know, a lot of people, uh, when they are depressed or angry or anxious, they might want to go on a pharmaceutical or give their power away or, or assume something's wrong with them. And instead, what I recommend is just to breathe through it, understand it, know that it's just something that needs purification and cleansing so that you can make room for the next inspiration to come through. If it's all blocked up, like I said, with the kitchen thing, you're not going to be able to you know, cook a meal if you don't clean up from the night before. So there's nothing wrong with things accumulating, but we have to do the energetic maintenance on a constant basis. So if we've allowed stress or anxiety or trauma to get the best of us and we haven't processed through it or released it or cried it out or given expression to it to maybe make peace with important people in our life or create the boundaries where we need to have boundaries, um, we get really, really loaded up with a bunch of gunk in our system. And, uh, and then the physical body suffers and our immune system um, starts to shut down. Because every system, you know, affects the other. And we got to keep all of it in as most optimal shape as we possibly can. I mean, there's one time when I was raising my kids, 
I was so busy and overwhelmed and dealing with so much. I mean, I just threw away all the dishes and bought new dishes. I mean, it's sort of like <laughs> when it gets really overwhelming, you know, we can do something almost extreme to just reset. It's just like, you know, we, we don't, it doesn't have to be a long and drawn out, like painful process if we're creative and resourceful. Um, so, you know, stop doing whatever it is you're doing that's making you miserable and just change course for a little bit and, and give yourself a break. I mean, these are all like, I could just ramble on and on, but these are just things, you know, just breathing into the moment, allowing stuff to come up, getting to know yourself in the face of adversity, instead of getting more disconnected and more ungrounded to the point where somebody else is solving your problems and, and you're taking something that somebody else, um, is, is promising as, you know, a way to deal with symptoms. I mean, get to know herbs and plants and good nutrition, uh, instead. And uh, to me, adversity brings us closer to ourselves, and it's there to help wake us up. But when people move in the opposite direction and it causes them fear and it gives it, they give their power away even more, that's kind of the bifurcation we're seeing on the planet right now. What are we doing in the face of adversity? Are we getting closer to ourselves, to truth, to awakening, or are we just answering to authority and obeying and losing ourselves more and more? And people are making a very, very big choice right now with these sort of narratives that are presenting themselves in these times. That leads to my next question is what do you think is, is as of right now, what, what does the future look like for you for humanity? Well, it's, I mean, I do see kind of a bifurcation and sort of a split taking place, but I see a bridge between the two timelines. I don't see it as being like, you know, just a total split mm -hmm. and you don't see this, this side and this side doesn't, I mean, I, I think, um, there's still going to be some sort of connection. I feel like people are going to pull together more in their communities um, and disconnect from the matrix uh, more and more in this awakening process because it's going to be very, very hard to interact with it um, when it's pushing these, you know, kind of narratives. Um, there'll be a lot of people, though, really seeking justice who aren't just going to like go off the grid and disappear and they're going to demand um, you know, justice in their communities, you know, maybe more parents coming together, uh, and, and addressing the school systems, more people holding accountable, um, the criminal behavior of some of these politicians and leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, I see Hollywood really crumbling in a new entertainment industry that's in higher integrity raising up. Um, so I see the slow process of the dark elements of the matrix collapsing and something really, really beautiful rising, but where, individuals end up is obviously an individual thing and it really depends. I just see a lot of people coming together with like-minded individuals and whatever your passion and purpose is, whatever you feel most called to do, you're going to gravitate towards those that are also doing it. Like for example, people like Sasha Stone are going on tour. So those that like want to go on a road trip and support something like this are going to jump on board and give it support. Um, somebody might notice people in their local area, um, building some kind of movement that they might want to join or some people, you know, might work on projects to, uh, you know, create healing centers, which I'm working on. Um, so I think everybody's got their own individual calling and just being true to it and moving in that direction. We're going to see more of, and in the face of that, we're going to notice this transformation process take place and it's going to get real obvious to people, you know, who is not out for our best interests. Um, I think there's going to have to be, uh, a lot of de-weaponization of things like AI and 5G because we're dealing with 
you know, the jab and we're dealing with uh, the, the nanoparticles we've been breathing in from our skies being sprayed. So we're going to have to deal with that as, as a human race, um, how, how we can flip that around so that uh, these technologies, you know, aren't weaponized. And I know benevolent ETs are, are working on that. And there's great teams of um, higher benevolent beings that are assisting in those type of things. But on an earth and ground level, we want to um, maybe bring more awareness or, or do our part. Some people might have uh, a direct contact experience that gives them instructions about that. You know, sort of how Tesla brought in the advanced technology that he did. I think there's a lot of powerful people, starseed missions that are connected to um, disclosing some of this stuff and bringing some of this forward. Um, and we see this with like architecture and sacred geometry and um, scalar technology. I mean, there's just all sorts of things that genius people are working with and working on. And I think it's just important that we provide the centers um, to support uh, these individuals and for that architecture to happen. That's yeah. And, 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 and where we can um, have the, the capacity to distribute it to humans so that they have accessibility and that instead of going to the hospital, they'll, they'll go here instead yeah. and get really, you know, activated and taken care of. People talk a lot about med beds. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, what do you I see know happening with financial, sorry, what do you see happening with the financial institutions? Um, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, I, I, you know, people talk about crypto and stuff and and the Great Reset. And there was the whole talk about Jasara Nasara. I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in this field. Um, I figure it's all going away. I mean, we, you know, it's good to get silver and get other, you know, things. And I know people are interested in the crypto stuff. I haven't fully wrapped my head around all that just yet, but I mean, I just see everything pretty much collapsing. And in the face of that, do we get further immersed into the matrix and sort of the phantom earth, kind of like negative solutions from the ones that created the problems, or do we rebuild, um, on a ground, you know, and look to each other and pull our resources together and move out of the money system and work more with the abundance of the earth with different skills and talents that we can all share and um, yeah, pull our resources together. So, uh, you know, resources could be, um, you know, partly based in some level of currency that still might exist because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we're, we can't fully be um, away from that just yet, but, I just see people pulling together and us learning more about how to work with the abundance of the earth and with our divine spiritual abilities. Um, Cause once we switch that stuff on, we can materialize stuff. I mean, we're, we're the most advanced technology and AI is just mimicking it and giving us a, a watered down version of it to the point where we become enslaved by it. And we um, miss out on the greatest discovery of all, which is that we're the most advanced technology and we're going to know how to thrive without money. So any kind of collapse, we can move in two different directions. You know, everything that we're facing that feels adverse, we have a choice to choose empowerment and self-discovery and a great awakening or further dependency um, with, with their false solutions. And the key is, is discernment because it's very easy to be fooled and tricked. So I think a lot of well-intentioned people um, are just thinking something's a good idea, but they don't realize the darkness hiding behind it. So I think the most important thing right now for everybody is, um, again, as close to your intuition and your inner voice as you possibly can and your own higher guidance, um, which will help you to see the red flags and help you to make choices uh, in greater clarity. Because, I mean, I, I think the worst thing that we're seeing is people are being duped and betrayed and being tricked and fooled. Um, 
And it's not because they're stupid. It's because it's a lot for people to wrap their head around the level of darkness and yeah. evil that is actually hiding. And, and that's tough because through the media and through these different outlets, they can make, as we know, um, truth tellers look like whack job or like, like they're crazy. And it's really hard to get this information to people. But I think eventually um, when, when people let go of it being about right or left or about, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. About Something, labels, something's not much. a gift. Yeah. Letting go of the labels, I think, and just uh, resonating with truth and goodness and being a good person. And the, just that alone, I think, will kind of help people to come. Yeah. And, and that's where it has to begin. Um, all that needs to be dropped. We need to just be more heart centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really feel like we're, that's why I use the term global alchemist. We really are capable of turning the lead of this experience into gold. And it's going to come through the substance of love, uh, integrity, compassion, and mutual res- love and respect and, uh, being okay with our differences, um, and not casting such judgment on these differences because, you know, just because somebody doesn't understand something or doesn't know the full picture doesn't make them an evil person. Uh, and so they, they've done very good at this like divide and conquer based in um, this political stuff. And so we need to be the better and higher beings and, and, and stop allowing ourselves to be controlled and manipulated by what comes through our television, what comes through social media, um, you know, and how some of these false movements uh, and indoctrination can create like a lot of, toxicity and so and if people aren't willing we just have to have a boundary to those types and and not put up with it because you know there, there's 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 people that are caught in the middle and don't know what to think and they feel very confused but then there's people that are extreme and they're just toxic and almost impossible to to get anywhere with and then there's those that are just really have have liberated themselves quite a lot and are doing you know really great so those that are in the middle that are confused um you know just have to be really, you know, patient and loving. Uh, and um, I, I see a positive future ahead of us, but I mean, it's, it's, it's going to take some work. <laughs> it's going to depend, yeah, on each individual and what, what decisions we're making. And it also has a lot to do with where we're living and what kind of, uh, and, and what it's going to take to take down the corruption in some of these locations on the planet that um, are being beyond tyrannical and absurd. Um, you know, we see the difference between red states and blue states. And to me, it's not about politics. It's about, um, our freedoms versus tyranny Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and control. Well, well, thank you so much, Laura. Like, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and discussing this. Um, I always ask my guests this last question, what is your message and your hope for humanity? Like what's your last message that you just could convey? Oh, well, we, we're powerful beings and we're co-creating this experience. So, so we have to just ask ourselves, you know, what are we feeding? What are we allowing in? You know, what, what, what are we um, allowing into our creative energy, right? We're, we're, we're constantly birthing and manifesting our, our reality. Is our creative channels infected by fear, propaganda, outer narratives, um, you know, things that create, you know, a lot of anxiousness or is our creative energy connected with our higher mind? and truth and things that allow synchronicities to take place, allow us to find soulmates and soul family, um, things that help us to manifest our dreams and visions in the world. Um, uh, are we aligned with enough of our own personal truth to 
be able to tap into our own personal inner calling and what our intuition is telling us. And the best way to do that is be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. There's no way to do it other than um, just dropping into your divine center, just just allowing yourself full on permission to just fully be you, you know, and, and, um, and it doesn't mean we're always going to show up at our best. So with humility and grace, you know, we can self-correct and apologize. Um, but, uh, do our best to be of service to others and, and do something that contributes something beautiful to the planet so that our creative energy is engaged. Um, instead of just kind of sitting there freaking out, feeling powerless and helpless, um, this is time to just really take charge of our creative power and our intention and our capacity to manifest and also turn everything around because most of this dark stuff and the dark technologies and the AI can only function in low frequency. So if we raise the frequency to love and wisdom and unity consciousness, and we start to really pull our resources together and our minds and our hearts together, this stuff is going to collapse so quickly. It relies on us to feed it. That's why it harvests and siphons, right? Mm -hmm. So when we can do all that and shine more light on, on, what needs to be exposed will also be able to help, you know, rescue children from these, you know, horrific rings and also, you know, humans, all humans that are being, you know, compromised or kidnapped or taken. Um, I, I feel more and more exposure is going to happen and more justice is going to take place. And anytime something dark is feeling like it's pushing you to the edge, just know you're on the verge of a breakthrough because we don't have to live in fear we might have to face our fears. We might have to breathe through it and move through it to get to the other side, but it's very, very temporary. And we don't want to make decisions from that place. Wait till you feel good before you make decisions based in fear, but uh, allow fear to also give you caution and discernment so that you can get yourself to a safe location. And if it's a good idea for you to leave your job or move that you'll feel um, you're able to do that. So, and I encourage people, you know, to join the community I've created because it's all about having these kind of conversations and supporting people's, transitions um and uh you know just helping people make the changes they need to make because that's where people get stuck the most is the fear of that change that is necessary for us to be on the right trajectory we do not have to compromise and and give our power away and and that to me is what the great awakening is and then we'll see unbelievable things begin to take place um in our lives and i know people are already aware that this is how it works mm -hmm. so let's do it together and and be a team and and you know, support one another and hold hands, um, with like you were rehabilitating, you know, and, uh, we're going to have our good days and our bad days, but, but the best thing that we can do is love and support one another and, and, and build the team of light on the planet. Cause that to me is the greater immune system that is bringing us into higher earth energies. Um, and, and if we don't do it, we're, we're going to keep looping, you know, in a world that, uh, uses us and abuses us and, it's time to divorce the imposters and embrace true love and the true experience that. of what it means to be human. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. And I will have the link to um, your platform um, in the description as well. So um, everybody do, do check out Laura's platform and um, let's have you on again sometime in the future. I'd love to keep up with you and, and see where we're at in a year. So thanks oh, so much. Thank you. It's so great to meet you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye-bye.